0: Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Black Hawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins all for you from Jesus.
1: The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 60. One through six, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you, your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall seethe and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephra, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall Bring good news, the praises of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If you'll join me in saying the catechetical review, the third article of the creed, sanctification. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in one true faith. In this Christian church, He daily and richly forgives me all my sins, and the sins of all believers. On the last day, He will rise me from the dead, and give life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. The epistle for today is from Ephesians chapter three, one through twelve. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you. the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, and who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he was realized That he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith for him. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Please stand as we sing together the gospel. Hallelujah. Holy Gospel for the Feast of Epiphany from St. Matthew, the second chapter. You, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of our Lord. Jesus, amen we pray father of grace and mercy we thank you that you have found us that you have brought us to yourself that you have given us joy and peace and Jesus for our forgiveness strengthen us now in Jesus name we pray amen please be seated there's one word in the gospel reading for today that absolutely demands our attention One word St. Matthew uses to focus us on the hope that we have that comes when the Son of Man, the Son of God, has been born into our world. One word that directs us to God keeping his promises, sending a Savior, your Savior, into the world. And that directs us that God continues to keep all of his promises. One word. Behold! It's a word we read over so quickly, but it's a word that causes us to stop in our tracks. A word that causes us to say, look, see what's going on here. There's something worth stopping and pondering about. One word with the pinpoint accuracy of the Epiphany star focuses us on the Gentile magi. God is revealed to them, through this star, their Savior. Their Savior, their hope from sin and death and devil. In Greek, it's a do. In our text, it's behold. And it's directing us to pay attention to something so wonderful, so powerful, that it will, and it does, change your life. Our Epiphany Gospel has been called Christmas for the Gentiles. Behold, look here, dear child of God, and see how God reveals salvation to all of us, especially all of us who are not of the bloodline of Abraham. The Epiphany Gospel shows us clearly that Jesus didn't just come to save kings and princes, he came to save noble man and common man. Jew and Gentile alike. You see, the Magi, they weren't kings. They weren't noblemen. They weren't wise in the Torah and seeking truth. They were servants of rulers who opposed God's people, Israel. They were trained in the magic arts, and you know what that means. They were watching and looking and believed and used supernatural powers. They were Gentiles like us. They were sinners, just like us, dead in their sins and trespasses, needing hope, needing salvation, needing the truth and the promise that God loves us and has forgiven us. And they were loved and mercied by God when he revealed to them the star that led them out of their lostness and their deadness to their Savior. God did it in such an unexpected way. These group of men who studied the stars and knew the heavens saw a star that was not there before. A star that did not follow the natural order of stars in the heavens appeared to them. And after they'd traveled to the capital, to Jerusalem, to talk to King Herod from heaven, they were led to the exact spot where they would see their Savior. God revealed salvation to them, to the exact place where their salvation was. Now we confess this morning in the Catechetical Review what Dr. Luther clearly writes in the third article of the Apostles' Creed. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord. How's that for a confession of faith? I believe that I cannot believe. And yet, God reveals salvation to us. I believe that I cannot believe, so that without God intervening in your world and in mine, we would have no hope of salvation. We would have no hope of being saved and forgiven. It's so easy for us, especially for the old Adam in us, to, like the Magi, look to the heavens, look to some supernatural sign or wonder or the stars in the sky so that we might develop our own God and our own gospel and think somehow that in that we would be saved. It's so easy for us to look here on the earth, on the things we do, the good works that we do and thinking that because I'm at least not as bad as some or more pious than others, that God will reward me with eternal life. It's so easy to look here at the heart, my heart, my desires, my happiness, and then justify denying God's natural law because it just feels right. Instead of living as male and female, created by God to marry and have children, we decide what's right. We decide what gender we are. We decide what's right for us. Looking to our own desires for our own happiness. It's so easy for us here to look to the wisdom of the rulers and their congenial words to us, words of wisdom that seek complete autonomy and independence even from God. Apart from the gospel being revealed to us through faith, we would surely die by our own hand and by the idols that we've created and the idols that we worship. Apart from Jesus breaking into our world, into our own sin and death, revealing his mercy to us by God sending us a savior, we'd be left with empty promises that might satisfy us for the day but certainly will not give us the hope of eternal life with Christ and being able to live in peace in this world. Dr. Luther writes, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord. But he doesn't stop there. Thank goodness. He goes on, driving us back to the Holy Spirit, driving us back to God, giving us real and true and physical gifts to give us Jesus he drives us back to the Holy Spirit God our loving and merciful Father has broken into our world of sin and death just like he broke into the world of the Magi he has come to us and he has brought hope and promise to us for the Gentiles for the Magi he used the star to bring them to the feet of the Son of God and at his feet they bowed in reverence And they worshiped and that's what you do when you come in front of your savior and your king you worship because you know your hope is there in the gift that God has given to us they brought gifts for the king gold and frankincense and myrrh but they were the ones that received the greatest gifts eternal hope forgiveness of sins the promise that the God of all the universe has made them holy and righteous And forgiven all their sins. God is always revealing hope and promise to us. To his people. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the Savior was the one who was revealed to them. God said to the evil one, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. The promise of a Savior that would come and dominate over all evil and death. Hope and forgiveness were revealed right there to Adam and Eve who were very clear about what they did and very conscious of their sin. 700 years before the Magi would be led to Jesus, Micah would reveal the unexpected way that God would reveal salvation in our world. Not in the capital city, but in the small, seemingly unimportant city of Bethlehem. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come one who will rule and shepherd my people Israel. Jesus, the good shepherd, comes to lead us, his wandering and wavering sheep, into the green pastures of his peace and his promises. Isaiah, years later, would reveal a light in the darkness that sin and death cannot overcome. Listen to what Isaiah promises us. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. We comment right now about the darkness of our days, about the evil in the world around us, about is the end coming? Well, folks, certainly it is. But remember what Isaiah promises. Your light has come, and the light of life gives us that peace. Even evil King Herod, trying to stay in control by killing the babies that might be the age of this newborn king, Could not put out the light of life and the light of hope that was born into our world. The angels revealed to Joseph that God was working through his wife Mary, that she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people, us, and the Magi, and all people from their sins. When Peter confesses, standing in front of Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, it wasn't from him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. You see, God revealed hope and forgiveness to the Magi so that they would be saved, so that they would clearly see their forgiveness and their peace and their reality with God as his loved children. To do behold look dear child of God at how he has revealed salvation and his promises to us it's as real for us as it was for the magi that were looking up into the heavens and saw the stars right there in the baptismal font, using that physical water and the hand of the pastor and the mighty word of God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, saving faith, found you in your lostness and brought you to the cross where you were connected to Jesus for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That forgiveness that Jesus accomplished was God's gift to you. When we gather here for the Holy Supper in, with, and under this ordinary bread and wine is the same Jesus that the Magi brought their gifts to and bowed down and worshiped here Jesus gives to you his blood-bought gifts here he gives you through his precious blood shed on the cross for you forgiveness of all of your sins a conscious conscience that can say I'm at peace with God because of Jesus He strengthens your faith. He sends you back out into your homes with his peace and hope and promise. Adieu! behold, look and hear, dear child of God, what Jesus' death on the cross has done for you. You stand justified, not on your own works or merit, but by what Jesus has done for you. Holy and righteous you are because of what Jesus has done and gifted to you. When you hear the pastor absolve you of all of your sins, it's as though Jesus, risen from the dead, was standing in front of you saying to you, it's forgiven. All of it. You're free of it. Don't let it bother you anymore. Now, Because of the revealed and risen Savior, we hear what St. Paul says with great joy. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look and hear, dear child of God, as you're sent back home just like the Magi, with peace. Your salvation has been revealed to you. Forgiveness, eternal life, peace with God is all a gift. Behold! god found you in your lostness in your brokenness in your sin and he forgave you and he gave you eternal promises of peace in the name of jesus amen and now the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus our lord amen